from the Valley Bet Sportsbook App Studio. Get social features, casino rewards, and exclusive games in one betting app. Look at that. We are big time now. We got a sponsor and everything on this program. Happy Friday. The weekend is here. This is a busy day in sports. And every sports talk show host across America always says this because they want you to think they have been prepping for hours and hours and hours. And just by simply saying, that's a busy show today. But damn it, it is a busy show today. It is a busy time. It's a busy time in the world of basketball. It's a busy time in the world of uh, baseball. It is a busy time in the world of football. And we're going to try to cover it all in an hour here on 1350 ESPN. Big Pete is on the other side. We're throwing last-minute changes at Big Pete. You're handling it very well. Yeah. I mean, I had to change my chair right before we came in because it was creaking. Mm-hmm. We had to get Pete the new, our big-time sponsor, Bally Big sponsor. Bet. Valley Bet is where you can uh, bet on the games here in the state of Iowa. Uh, So make sure you grab that app. And we have got Aaron Rodgers' press conference to go through where he basically torched his organization knowing that they weren't going to do a damn thing to him, which I think is just ballsy. I was thinking about doing that to our GM here. I was going to go into Stephanie's office. She's the general manager here at the Des Moines Radio Group. And just tell her, no, uh, I would never. But Rodgers did. That's coming up. The Big 12 is dead. Yeah, we will be talking about uh, because last week we were like, well, this sounds like it's bad, right? This sounds bad for the Big 12. Turns out it is bad for the Big 12. Who knew? Uh, We'll get to more of that. And also, we are keeping an eye on the Major League Baseball trade deadline, which is a mere hours away. And of course, here in Des Moines, uh, we carry the Cubs here on 1350 ESPN. They are playing at the Nationals coming up this evening and all weekend. We'll have the games for you. The Max Scherzerless Washington Nationals. And it'll be the Anthony Rizzo-less Chicago Cubs. He was dealt to the Yankees. We'll keep an eye on all that stuff for you right here. But I do want to start with uh, what happened last night in the NBA draft. And I, I, I'll tell you, I love college basketball. I've always loved college basketball, and I love the NBA. Mm-hmm. The NBA draft used to be a much bigger draw for me. I used to love the NBA draft. I used to just get amped up for it. And I think it was because our connection to these college players was different back in the day. Those of us who are a little bit older, we used to see the same team grow in freshmen and sophomores and juniors. And then a lot of times they would be gone. And then, of course, guys started going early and and yada, 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 yada. And it's so interesting because the guys that went from Iowa, the, the players that went from the University of Iowa, are guys that Iowa fans, Big Ten fans, have gotten used to because they've been around so long and it's strange that Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp who are guys that are a junior and a senior went so late whereas guys who are 19 freshmen kids that that's only spent one year in the G League that's what makes up the entire first round for the most part mm-hmm. for the most part uh, it was the 41st pick in the NBA draft last night when Joe Wieskamp heard his name with the 41st pick in the 2021 NBA draft the San Antonio Spurs select Joe Wieskamp from the University of Iowa. Mm. I like him. If it is shooting you want, it is shooting that Joe Wieskamp can deliver. Yeah, Wieskamp can shoot it. He's got size. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. Puts it on the deck. Moves really well without the ball and finds open areas. It does not take him long from the time he catches it to the time he releases it. There were uh, ESPN on the the play-by-play there last night, and there were draft boards 
that had Wieskamp into the first round all week. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, Joe Wieskamp, a first-rounder? But as you heard Jay Billis there at the end, he was saying that Wieskamp is a guy that moved up at the Combine. And because of the COVID situation, Wieskamp did have another year to come back after the Combine, which was way early this month. And the thought process was if he doesn't have a good Combine, then he is going to be you know, obviously back with Iowa. He'll be able to play another uh, year under Fran McCaffrey and then go back to the NBA. Well, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the... Uh, I'm going to go to the NBA draft. I'm going to see what happens. He rolled the dice, and you wound up at 41. And he goes to a team that is horrendous from the outside. And, and I know that it's great. You, you watch the NBA draft, and you see these analysts like Jay Billis and Kendrick Perkins and everybody who's you know doing the, uh, the, the broadcast. It's like, oh, perfect fit. That's a great fit. Mm-hmm. You know, like Cade Cunningham, the guy that went number one overall. They're like, oh, Detroit's a perfect fit. And you're like, wait, it's the number one player in the draft. Where wouldn't he thrive? You know, I don't think Cade Cunningham would ride the pine in, well, in Brooklyn, in Milwaukee, in Phoenix, the teams that played in the final. Cade Cunningham's going to be a perfect, perfect fit wherever he goes. I will say that I do believe that Joe Wieskamp is going to the perfect situation. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I know, because San Antonio is a horrendous three-point shooting team. They desperately needed someone who could shoot from the outside, and they got it. I mean, they got a guy, one of the best shooters in the entire country, not just in the Big Ten, but one of the best shooters in the entire country, one of the best shooters in this NBA draft, and they, that, they, they get their guy. They get who, you know, he'll, he'll be a, a bench player, a rotational guy at first, and he's got some athleticism. He's not the greatest defensive player in the world, but... He's a guy that can score the basketball. And if you were to pick what coach you would want to go play for, there aren't too many guys outside of Popovich that I would want to start my NBA career and and learn from. I mean, say what you want about the way he treats the media. And, you know, if you are opposite his political views, you don't care about hearing what he has to say about the former president. But from a basketball standpoint, there aren't too many NBA coaches I would rather see my kid go to or rather go to as a young man then go play for Greg Popovich in San Antonio. It's a great fit. 11 picks later, and this is, this is the difference between when I grew up watching college basketball and college basketball now in 2021. The Big Ten Player of the Year, the All-American, the Naismith Player of the Year, the Nash, unanimous National Player of the Year, the guy that won every award goes 52. Luca Garza from the University of Iowa. That's what I'm talking about, Troy Weaver. That's what I'm talking about, Troy Weaver. Look, Troy Weaver is not going to pass up on talent. He loves skills, skill big. And I know he's out there listening to me right now. Hey, Troy, great pickup. He loves going with the guys that get overlooked, that has something to prove. And Big Garza has something to prove this season. Kendrick Perkins. Mm-hmm. I never thought. And I said this to you off the air. Yeah. I never in my life thought I would be listening to Kendrick Perkins give so much love to Luca Garza. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know he was a fan. I had no clue. Yeah. Um, and Troy Weaver, by the way, the GM of the Detroit Pistons, that's who picked Garza at number 52. Uh, they also drafted Isaiah Livers in the, in the second round out of Michigan, and they took, of course, Cade Cunningham, number one. And 
Back when I, back in my day, I'm 40. Back in my day, Luca Garza would have been a first round pick. Mm-hmm. He probably would have been a late first round pick, but he would have been a first round pick. And before the NBA became a primarily jump shooting game, before threes took over the world, before this style of the NBA is what we know now, Luca Garza probably is a, I'm going to bet, you know, 23rd, 25th, somewhere in that range because he's a big body with a motor. He doesn't ever stop. He's strong as an ox. He's not the quickest dude in the world, or he wasn't at Iowa. But back when I was growing up, seniors got drafted early. Now, seniors never get drafted early. Mm -hmm. Very rarely do seniors get drafted early because the draft in the NBA is based on so much about potential. Every draft is about potential. But the first round of the NBA draft is about how high your ceiling is. I don't see Luca Garza getting a ton better. You know, I think you, you, you kind of know what Luca is at this point. Mm-hmm. You see a guy like Cade Cunningham, who's 19, played one year, was the Big 12 player of the year, Big 10 newcomer of the year, and, and really is, was the reason Oklahoma State made any kind of run that they did in the NCAA tournament. I had him in my bracket, go to the Final Four, but that's another story. Ooh, I know. They were bounced early. Um, but like that, you, you, you expect Cunningham at 19 to get better. Just like you expect all of us, whatever our profession is, when you are 19 years old, you expect to get better. So it's like buying Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're not going to buy some stock that's not going to produce. You're like, it's kind of been stagnant for a while. I know what that stock is going to wind up being. But if you bought Bitcoin back at the beginning, it's like buying Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or any of these other young players at 19. You are hoping that they take off and you have found the next Steph Curry. You have found the next Giannis. You have found the next LeBron, whatever the case may be. But at 22, I know what Luka Garza is going to be. I think Luca has a chance has a chance to stick around in the NBA for half a decade. That's I think what what maybe, maybe longer because he's six eleven and he can shoot it from the outside a little bit. He dropped what forty fifty pounds something like that. Yeah, his, his body fat's down to like eleven percent, and that's impressive for a guy who's six foot eleven. But you just look at his game, and unless he really has been transformed, I don't expect Luca Garza to. Be a great player in the NBA, but maybe this is the guy at 52. You know, it's like the Tom Brady, 199. Yeah. And that worked out pretty well. I'm not saying Luca's going to go on to win multiple titles, seven rings or whatever, and be declared the GOAT, but mm-hmm. his skill set does say hustler, motor, strong, a little bit of pop from the outside, can block a few shots here and there. Like, in this era of the NBA, those guys are kind of a rarity. You don't see a ton of them. Um so we'll, we'll see what happens. It, the, the Pistons had a nice draft. I mean, they took Cade number one. They took Livers, who, when healthy, was the glue of that Michigan team that almost got to the NCAA championship game of last year. Mm-hmm. And then they, they had Luka. And, and we'll see uh, between Luka and Wieskamp, who, you know, they're always going to be linked because they came out the same time from the University of Iowa. And we'll find out who has the better career. By the way, Luka uh, is going to join another former uh, Hawkeye. Oh, Tyler Cook. Yeah, Tyler Cook, who was drafted a little while back. Uh, he is going to, he's there in Detroit as well. So, a couple of Hawkeyes in the Motor City. Real quick, final thoughts on the NBA draft. Yeah. 
Did you watch the NBA draft? I did watch the NBA you did. draft. You did? I did, yes. Are you a big NBA guy? Um, or did you want to see where Luca and Wieskamp went? That's pretty much why I watched, <laughs> but I was also because I had, this was the first time in a while that I was big into the tournament. Really? And so I knew a lot of the guys going in. I was like, okay, now that I finally know who's going, mm-hmm. I'll finally watch this year. Okay. So All right. I did watch this year, first time in a while. I feel like watching the draft last night, and I had, I was, I was eating dinner with my wife, Mm-hmm. And we were watching the Olympics because she didn't know that Suni Lee had gone on to win the gold medal. And so I had the, the draft on my phone. I'm sitting, I just have it sit, propped up and we're having, we're having dinner. And I was waiting, obviously, to see where the Milwaukee Bucks were going to go at 31. And they traded back and, and got a guy whose name is longer than Adetokounmpo, actually. Big East Player of the Year. This is another <laughs> one. They drafted the Big East Player of the Year at 54. The Pistons dra- drafted the Big Ten Player of the Year at 52. That's just strange to me. That, that would not have happened back in 1994. I digress. I kind of disagree with you. I mm. think there's, there was not a ton of buzz for this NBA draft last night. And it was beca- well, there was buzz for me. That was the thing. But, but I feel like there were a lot of people that, like myself that I was like, okay, I know some of the names. But there were so many guys from the G League there were so many players that I, you know, only watched in the NCAA tournament. I'm not going to lie and tell you I watched a ton of Baylor, even though they were really good up until their COVID stop, and then they got beat, and then they went into the tournament, and they were great. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to tell you I watched a lot of Baylor, but to see the guard get drafted with uh, Davion Mitchell, is that the guy's name? Yep. Davion Mitchell get drafted in the lottery. I'm like, okay, I remember seeing him. He was a great defender. Yeah. Like, the Baylor team had guys who were dogs defensively. Mm-hmm. But I just don't feel like it, with with... I don't mind the international flavor. Like, that's a thing that I kind of grew up seeing. Dirk Nowitzki, Drazen Petrovic, all the, all the guys from back in the day. But it was just this, the, the fact that the G League is now having guys drafted into the NBA, yeah. that to me is going to take a while to get used to. Because I don't know what that is. <laughs> because I don't know what the G League Ignite is. Yeah. Is that just, a, is that, that's that one team? Yeah, so like, the G League Pathways program. I did a whole project on this last semester, by the way. Really? No, I. It's, hey, hold, hold, hold. Yeah. Tell me about it after the break. Okay. Because I want to know. I was watching. I'm like, what is this G League Ignite? What in the hell is that? Uh, Big Pete is going to explain to us what the G League Ignite is coming up on the other side. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Thank you so much for listening. Still to come as well, we'll get to Aaron Rodgers' blistering press conference. Right here on 1350 ESPN. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. From the Valley Bet Sportsbook App Studio. Get social features, casino rewards, and exclusive games in one betting app. Thirteen fifty ESPN, Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket on a Friday. Thank you for being here. Coming up, we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers as uh, he blasted the Packers. (laughs) We'll do that coming up. Major League Baseball trade deadline. We're keeping an eye on that. Cubs and uh, Nationals this evening. 6.30 for the pregame right here on 1350 ESPN. Cubs, of course, made a big move yesterday, sending Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. We'll hear from Rizzo coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. We were talking about the NBA draft and... Uh, Joe Wieskamp goes to the Spurs at 41. Luca Garza to the Pistons at 52. And uh, I, Big Pete, our, our producer, how much longer are you with us before you go back to Mizzou? Are you good, like another week and a half? Uh, a week? About 
Is this your last show? This, uh, two weeks. So two okay. more shows. After two more that. shows. All right. So, so Pete is a student at Mizzou. Yes. Uh, and I was saying that I didn't understand where all these players were getting drafted out of the G League. I'm aware of what the G League is, but mm-hmm. I didn't know we were drafting play Like a G League Ignite sent seven guys to the podium or whatever yesterday. And out of nowhere, Pete, right as we're getting close to break time a few minutes ago, says, I did a project on the G League. Six-minute project. What are you talking about? <laughs> at, at, in college? Yes. This is part of your schooling? Yes. Okay. I got a grade for this. What grade did you get? Uh, you know, was... What'd you get? <laughs> it was like a B plus or something. No, that's B plus. <laughs> that's pretty good, man. That'll work. Uh, what? Explain to me. Don't go in the six-minute version. Yeah. Maybe like the 30, 45-second version. Okay. But what am I watching with the G League Ignite? So basically, players out of high school, I think the biggest one, Amani Bates, he was committed to Michigan State, and then he backed out, and he's thinking about going to the G League Pathways program. Basically, it's 18-year-old players entering the G League, playing from the G League for a year, being able to make money, being able to get sponsors, being able to get yada, yada, yada. And then after a year of being in the G League, they have a chance to get drafted. So it, it was a real... Do they have to declare, or can the they... Or they- oh. So the off, they offer contracts to these high prospects. They don't get to just choose to go to the G League. The G League basically says a certain amount of contracts that they usually give to like the top 10, top 15 players or so, or whoever they think will do well in the G League. Mm-hmm. And then they can either accept it or not. And then they go play in the G League for the G League Ignite as opposed to like, you know. So the G League Ignite is its own team, whereas yes. there's a team in Grand Rapids, Michigan, or we've got one in Des Moines, you know, Iowa. Yeah, it's, so, not, it's not like the, they don't go to like the Windy City Bulls. or okay. like the, they, the G League Ignite is its own team. Okay. So the Ignite it's, is its, its like, own team. It's like a prospect team. Okay, interesting. And then those guys, are el- are all 15 guys on the Ignite eligible for the draft? Um... I honest- this is why you got a B plus and not an A, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't expect a Q and A, but um, you did a project <laughs> in college on this. <laughs> I think most of them are okay. I think some of them are also like eighteen year olds who are from like overseas, okay, as well. So. All right, all right. Uh, if so, if they don't get drafted last night, let's say there's like four guys left on the Ignite team or whatever that did not get drafted last night, are they still on the Ignite team? Are they free agents? I think they're free agents. Okay. They can go back to the Ignite if they resign. Say it with more conviction. That way I'll just believe you. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) uh, We don't let facts get in the way of a good story in Sports Talk Radio. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's it's interesting, too, because they're getting paid X amount. How much are they getting paid by the the G League? Do you know? Oh, it's... Like, is it more than thirty thousand dollars a year? Way more. More than fifty thousand dollars a year? More. Hundred thousand dollars a more. year? Okay. It's like five hundred thousand or something. They get half a mil no, really? I think something like that. I'm gonna look that up. You can look half that up. Half a million dollars. G League Ignite salaries. How much is okay. Hundred and twenty five. Oh. For a G League player. Six figures. Yeah, okay. 125 is the, the, the highest, I think. Anyway, but they also, regardless, that's $125,000. So also, Most of us aren't making that. <laughs> but I think Jalen Green also had sponsors and stuff, so he was nearing well, seven figures. And that's going to be the interesting thing, too, is, you know, when you think about college players or high school players right now, let's say there's a top five, and I'm sure this is happening, where there's a top five kid who gets an offer from Kentucky, mm-hmm. and he chooses to go and... and before, you would say, well, I want to go make money. I don't want to go to school, mm-hmm. which is his choice. 
but he has to spend one year out of high school. He goes to the G League and makes seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year, whatever the number is. Now with the new NIL rules, the name, image, likeness rules in college, that's an interesting dichotomy because now you've got like, okay, you you, you sure you don't want to go to Kentucky because we can market you in Kentucky, get you endorsements get you $5,000 a month to go appear on the local radio show or, or whatever. So that's going to play back and forth with the G League Ignite. I don't think they're shaking in their boots. Um, I still think there are going to be a lot of kids that don't qualify. Yeah. For, you know, even, even Kentucky, there will be some kids that don't qualify, don't have the grades, don't have the ACT score or whatever. I mean, that's what Brandon Jennings did, the former Buck, the Bucks and Six prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennings didn't qualify to go to Arizona. So he went and played overseas and spent one year and then got drafted by Milwaukee so many years ago. It'll be interesting to see how much NIL plays into influencing kids not to go to the G League. Uh, Boy, that NIL is going to be such a tool in recruiting. Yes. It really will for big-time players and big-time names that have an option because college football doesn't have that. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to be out three years from your graduating class to, to get drafted into the NFL for reasons because of, you know, body frame and size. But with basketball, to have the option to go just play professionally and make $75,000 a year or go on a college campus, play against college players, you know, go in the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, whatever, and then maybe get a little NIL money on top of it. I, I, that's a fascinating thing to watch. I'm glad. I did not know what the Ignite was. I just kept thinking, boy. The Ignite must have won the NC or the the G League championship. They're just a loaded roster. <laughs> they must be really good. They must have beat everybody. No, so that makes sense. The things you learn. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, all right. Um, one more note. Last note on the NBA draft last night. Did you see the kid named Josh Giddy? Yes, he went it, to Oklahoma City. He did. He's seventeen years old. Oh, <laughs> seventeen or eighteen. Uh, here is the scouting report. From one publication, and I put this up, follow me on Twitter at Mike Wickett, two T's. Here is the scouting report for his weaknesses. I don't know what his strengths are, but here's his weaknesses. Ball handling, shot creation, assertiveness, outside shooting, on-ball defense, and athleticism. So to recap, the Thunder used one of their first-round draft picks for a guy who can't handle the ball, can't create his own shot, who is passive, who can't shoot, who can't defend, and who's not athletic. So, what does he do? His, his weakness appears to be basketball. Oh, I that, see. <laughs> that, that appears to be where he struggles, is playing the game of basketball, which is hilarious. So, there you go. That, his name is Josh Giddy. I think he's a poor man's Ricky Rubio. He'll be out of the league very soon, most likely, but I could be wrong. I'm wrong a lot. But when you have all of those weaknesses and you are so young... Good luck. I think the Thunder, they went into last night's draft with two first-round draft picks and left with three. They have, like, 17 first-round picks over the next six drafts. Mm-hmm. Sam Presti is doing work down there. It is just unbelievable uh, to see that. So there's your, your NBA draft conversation from, from last night. Congrats again to Joe Wieskamp and congrats to Luke Garza. Good luck in your NBA careers. And good luck to Josh Giddy from the Oklahoma City Thunder who was drafted by the Australian team. Hopefully he other, other way around. by then. Other way around. From the Australian team, drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Got to get that right. right. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers, 
Some people think he just trashed the Green Bay Packers. I think he was fairly honest. I think it was speaking the quiet part out loud. But if you didn't hear it, you'll hear from number 12, the reigning MVP, and apparently someone who's not good enough to get a 99 Madden rating. I'll explain next. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. From the BallyBet Sportsbook App Studio, get social features, casino rewards, and exclusive games in one betting app. Thirteen fifty ESPN Wicket's World. Hello to you if you are checking us out on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. Don't forget follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM and uh, read all of our stuff. Head over to ESPNDesMoines.com. I blog there often. So uh, I don't know if you heard Big Pete, mm-hmm. but uh, Aaron Rodgers came back to the Packers. Ah, did you catch that this week? I'm sure it was a very loving time. I Listen, Pete, you know me as a Packers fan. Yeah. There are a lot of them in the Des Moines area. Mm-hmm. Um, in April, I said, not worried, he's coming back. Mm-hmm. In May, I said, eh, not worried, he's coming back. Mm-hmm. All of June, I said, eh, not worried, he's coming back. And then on July 26th, Aaron Rodgers came back to the Green Bay Packers. And uh, I got to be honest, I was floored. When I saw the uh, the announcement come down from the Packers that when he was back on, what was it, back Wednesday and then spoke Thursday? Is that right? Was it yesterday when the blistering press conference happened? No, he was, was back Tuesday, and then he's pre- the first day he met the media was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that announcement come out, I'm like, wow. They're throwing the head coach, LaFleur, the GM, Brian Gutekinst, and they're throwing Rodgers right in front of the the podium, right out of the gate. They're not tiptoeing their way into the, the, the preseason press conferences, which is, I think it's probably the smart move they could have made. Rip the bandaid off, whatever Rogers is going to say, whatever Gutekinds is going to say. And Gutekinds kind of towed the line a little more than Rogers, obviously. Uh, and then they can get on with it. And they can get on with training camp like every other NFL team. But then Rogers gets to the microphone and says a heck of a lot, and I don't have time to play y'all 17 minutes of it, but I do want to play you some of my favorite snippets, including he was asked, you know, when did all of this discontent between himself and the, 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 the GM, when did it all start? A lot of things that transpired. This wasn't, uh, to, you know, a draft day thing, you know. Uh, this was, uh, started with a conversation in February, um, that the season ended, and I just expressed, you know, my desire to be, be uh, more involved in conversations directly affecting my job. And, and that was an interesting way to end that that cut. He wanted to be more involved, and, and Aaron has seen what Tom Brady has done. He wanted to be more involved with, you know, things that affect his job, and he's seen what Tom Brady has done. I want Leonard Fournette. I'm going to bring in Gronk. Go get Antonio Brown. The Buccaneers did everything for Brady. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers is always going to be compared to Brady. And, and Brady has said Rodgers is more talented than, than he is. And I truly believe that Aaron Rodgers is, as of right now, because there's a kid in Kansas City who's coming, but I believe right now that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback there has ever been. But he will never, never be called the GOAT because 
he's not going to have seven rings mm-hmm. uh, unless the Packers win six in a row. Probably not happening. <laughs> Probably not happening. But Rodgers had to think, okay, I've won three MVPs now, and actually for the last 10 years he's probably been wondering why he hasn't had nearly the input whatsoever that some other quarterbacks, you know, like LeBron does in the NBA. You know LeBron was all about that Russell Westbrook trade weeks ago that happened last night or is going to happen, or what Brady is doing down in Tampa Bay. And so he wants to have those, those conversations. And if not, then let's move on. And he even was talking about, if we're going to move on, let's move on because I don't want to be a lame duck. I wanted to help the organization and maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated um, and just the fact that we didn't retain uh, a number of uh, players that I felt like were core players to our foundation, our locker room, high-character guys. I'm talking about Charles Woodson. Roll call. Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, James Jones, John Kuhn, Brett Good, T.J. Lang, Brian Balaga, Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, Casey Hayward, guys who were, you know, exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high-character guys. Many of them who weren't, many of them offered a contract at all or were extremely low-balled, or were, you know, maybe in my opinion, not uh, given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserved. Charles Woodson went on to be a pro bowler in Oakland. Uh, Julius Peppers went on to have 16 sacks over two seasons when he left uh, Green Bay. Casey Hayward became a multiple-time pro bowler in San Diego and then L.A., I believe. Um... There were guys, I mean, Randall Cobb was productive. He could have stuck around, and actually Rodgers got Randall Cobb traded back. You know, you, you, you saw there was an actual um, concession by the general manager in Gudikins. He said, okay, how, there had to be this conversation. What can we do to make you happy? And trading a sixth-round pick for Randall Cobb seemed to make Aaron happy. You know, that's, that's it. So he wanted... To air the grievances of all the guys that were let go. Some of the guys were washed. Like Clay Matthews. Sorry, Clay Matthews didn't have anything when he went to the Rams. But these other guys, there were some in there that, that definitely did. Brett Goode, you're mad about your long snapper? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, and, of course, the cloud over this has to do with the fact that Green Bay moved up a couple of uh, spots last draft or the 2020 draft to bring in Jordan Love. And Rodgers said, we got to make a decision. It's, it's either going to be me or him moving forward. It kind of progressed from there into, into a commitment for the 2021 season and beyond. That really wasn't uh, given at any time. So for me, I had to assess the situation. Not necessarily wanting to be a lame duck quarterback, especially after an MVP season, which I think you can understand. His cap number this year, (laughs) Uh, this has just come out uh, in the last couple of hours. So they worked out the deal. They chopped off 2023. Rodgers is supposed to be a Packer this year and then through 2022, right? His his salary salary cap number is like 26, 27 million, whatever it is this year, which is a big number. Not as much as he was supposed to make. But his cap number next year should be right now... $46 million. 
Ah. $46.14 million is Rodgers' cap number if he is a Green Bay Packer next year, which leads me to believe that he might not. This is it. Like, this is the last dance. This is the Instagram post. This is good. They're not going to pay Devontae Adams $27 million a year. You know they're not going to pay Aaron Rodgers 40 I don't think they're going to pay Aaron Rodgers $46 million a year. That number is incredible. Unless that thing is cut up, spread, he gets three extra years, you know, whatever they do. But right now, Rodgers ain't going to play for $46 million. The Packers are not going to pay him $46 million next year. That's just... That cap number is big. It is big. One of the things Rodgers does want, as we've mentioned, is he wants to have more of an input on who the Packers bring in in free agency. I've trained with a number of NFL guys most of my career in the offseason. My agency at these first has had a number of high draft picks over the years. Uh, I've tried to pass along information. hasn't really been used, shall we say. So I wanted to offer my services as a recruiter. As a recruiter. I think we can all understand, you know, Green Bay isn't, uh, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me, uh, to play with our team, and and knowing that they can win a championship here. here. The fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. Okay, lots to unpack there. Uh, No, Green Bay is not a big vacation destination, all right? It's really not. I don't know if you've ever been to Green Bay. There's not much there. Outside of Lambeau and what is now Titletown District, there is not a whole hell of a lot up in Green Bay. Is it refreshing or is it arrogant to hear him say that players are coming to Green Bay to play with me? I mean, it's (laughs) quite the statement. (laughs) I will say. But he's not wrong. But he's not wrong is the thing. That's, I mean, everybody's talking about how Rodgers trashed the Packers. And I'm like, did he trash the Packers or did he say what everybody knows? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that if you want to catch great passes, there's a guy here. But the Packers don't ever ask Aaron what is, you know, the, the Packers have an old school way of doing things. It's you play, we'll put together the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it, whether it was the previous GM or the current GM, it's an old school way of thinking. It's not this new school way, what Brady is doing in Tampa, what LeBron does in the NBA, what this, that. This is where the friction comes from between the GM, Gutekinds, and the quarterback, Rodgers. And for him, I mean, I, I see both sides of it. It is ballsy. It is refreshing. It is arrogant. And it could cause a rift. We shall see. You know, he... He was talking about wanting, too. He wanted better for some of his teammates who, you know, were in and out of this organization. As I felt like, if you can't commit to me past 2020, past 2021, and I'm not a part of recruiting, I'm not a part of processing for agency, if I'm not a part of the future, then instead of letting me be a lame duck quarterback, if you want to make a change and move forward, go ahead and do it. That obviously didn't happen. No, it did not happen. You're, you're right about that. So we'll hear more from Rodgers coming up. He's got a couple others to get to, including what changed his mind this week. And what about money? Because everybody knows there are these rumors that Rodgers was offered the biggest contract ever, and he turned it down. You'll hear more from Aaron Rodgers next.
This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. From the BallyBet Sportsbook App Studio, get social features, casino rewards, and exclusive games in one betting app. ESPN, Wicked World. Hopefully you are having yourself a great Friday here in Des Moines. If you're watching us on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, thank you very much on Twitter at ESPN DSM. Wrapping up our conversation about Aaron Rodgers and uh, some of the things he had to say in his, air quotes, blistering press conference. I just think he said everything that we're thinking, and it's so weird that some athletes actually say these things. You just don't normally get it. Now, the the question about, you know, well, will a little bit more money make everybody happy? That's usually the answer, isn't it? You have a disgruntled player, you throw them a little more money, they come back in, everybody bro hugs, and we're fine. But Rogers said this wasn't at all about money. Post the draft, I think what basically happened was then they said, uh, we'll give you some... Uh some money now. Let's see if we can throw some money at you. I said from the start it wasn't about the money. Um, obviously, I didn't show up for the off-season program or mini-camp. To me, it camp was bigger than this. It was about trying to be a resource for the organization that I care about and love so much. So when the money came at me, the other part is, the backstory to that is, you know, after the season, there was a part of me that did think that there would be conversation about an extension. You know, based on my cap number this season, next season, it seemed natural based on the way I played to at least have a conversation about it. It wasn't a conversation. Uh, not until into May. And that, to me, seemed like an analogy that you guys understand. You guys have a fantastic year. It's a year. I work. You write some great stories. You go to your boss and say, I just had an incredible year. I think I deserve a pay raise or, you know, some security. And the boss says, security. And the boss yeah, let's just see how it goes. A couple months down the line. You get another job opportunity, you go back to your boss and say, hey, I got this amazing job opportunity. And we say, whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 we, we love you. We, want you to, we do want you to stick around. We, you know, we do, we do care about you. Just have the same uh, feeling, you know. And so, you know, I, I said it wasn't about the money, and, and the way that felt, you know, kind of just doubled down on that. Part of me is, is listening to this press conference where I just want to say, shut up and play quarterback. But I, but I understand from his perspective is I have been playing quarterback at a very high level. I deserve a little more respect. And that's what he seems to be trying to impress upon us is that he believes he deserves more respect. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't. I mean, the dude's got more money than God and whatever he does after, he'll get paid, you know. He's also married to a Hollywood superstar, and Shailene Woodley has money, and he's got a you know, $20 million mansion in Malibu. Like, Aaron Rodgers isn't th- sitting around waiting for that first big deal. He's probably waiting around for that next big deal when it does happen. So all of this, from going through the laundry list of players that he wished got better treatment or were still around, to the, the timeline from February up to now, what got Aaron... To come to Green Bay, what changed this week? There were some obviously some developments in the last week or so, but you know I was really working on myself and my own mental state throughout the summer, and, and at various points deciding if I wanted to even keep playing. You know the fire still burns. You know the fire burns, and I wanted to I wanted to be on a football team, and um, we got some things figured out in the last few days, and I'm here. 
So that's it. We got a few. And that, and that was what I thought was going to happen the entire time. Aaron wasn't going to retire. Aaron wasn't going to re- All these people talking about Jeopardy. He's not going to retire and go be the, the host of Jeopardy. That wasn't going to happen. Aaron wasn't going to force his way out. And the Packers aren't stupid enough to trade the MVP coming off one of his best years in the NFL when they got Love, who's never taken a snap because he didn't have a training camp last year that was normal or off-season because of COVID. I will say this. I do believe had last year been a normal year and there was no COVID, regardless of what Rodgers would have done, I think Green Bay would have been more motivated to move Rodgers this off-season. Because, listen, you don't have... A quarterback with a snap that matters. You were going to go with Blake Bortles. You're in love if he had actually gone through your and gotten some reps in the in the regular season. You probably could have thought that the Packers were going to try to mimic what the the Chiefs did when uh, Patrick Mahomes had the one year under Alex Smith. Now he started a game and was good in that game against Denver Week 17 a couple of years ago, and then whoo, Mahomes mania has taken off. There's no guarantee that, that Jordan Love will sniff the success that Patrick Mahomes has had. But because of everything that has happened, because of COVID-19 and no camps and Zoom calls, Love was completely unprepared to do anything. So to put him in the fire this year, I think, would have been unfair. I, and that is why I have been saying since the day they drafted Jordan Love, the final year for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to be on the same page, for, Ross, for, for Rodgers to be on the roster is 2021, and I still to this day believe that. I think next year we're going to go through this all again. Rodgers will get traded for hopefully a huge package if you're a Packers fan, and the divorce will happen. It happened with Montana. You know, these stars go on to other organizations. They do. They they play in other – I mean, Peyton Manning, the Bronco, Tom Brady, the Buccaneer. Looks weird. It really looks weird. And wherever Aaron Rodgers winds up, maybe it is Denver. Who knows? I can guarantee you this, and if you follow me on Twitter, I just started writing for a, a website, WisconsinSportsHeroics.com, because I have uh, been asked to, to write an occasional column. I will tell you this, Aaron Rodgers, with all of this, with all the, 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 the friction between he and management and whatnot, Aaron Rodgers better realize that next year, if they do trade him, regardless if they win the Super Bowl, if he wins another MVP, if he forces his way out of Green Bay, they are not going to trade him to a team that has a top five wide receiver, a top five running back, a top ten tight end, and a top ten defense, and a, co- and a head coach who absolutely loves, adores, and designs his offense to fit your strengths. That's not going to happen. They're going to trade you to the Detroit Lions or the London Silly Nannies or somebody who's been relegated to the G League. That's where they're, they're not going to trade you to a team that's a quarterback away. And if they do... It'll be somewhere in the AFC where hopefully he doesn't have the opportunity to come back and burn the Packers the same way that Brett Favre burned them when he eventually made his way to Minnesota. We didn't even get to the Big 12 stuff? All right, well, I'll blog about that over the weekend, ESPNDesMoines.com. That is going to do it for us today. Big Pete, thanks so much for hanging out, bud. Appreciate it. We got ESPN Radio taking you the rest of the way. Don't forget, ESPNDesMoines.com. Follow us on Twitter at ESPNDSM. Cubs and Nats tonight. Keep it right here.
because we've got all the MLB trade deadline news coming your way. ESPN Radio will be having it for sure. All right, thanks so much to you for listening. Thanks for checking us out on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. This has been Wicket's World. Uh, my name is Mike Wicket. Have yourself a great weekend. Mask up, get that vaccine so we can all go back to living our lives. Have a good night.